0: Regular, regular, regular regular, regular features, regular, 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 features. regular, regular, regular features, regular features, show. Hello and welcome to the Regular Features podcast, the podcast show for you and yours that is, incidentally, the same every week. What that means for you is a sense of comforting familiarity, as anywhere between two and five boys fill your ears with their friendship and their love for you. Mm. I'm joined here tonight with my best friend, Steve Hoggaday. Hello, how's it going, Log? This is a twosome. It is. You said two to two to five. Rarely two, but it's two to do right new. And that'll do for you. And it's a gruesome twosome. It is it's, a gruesome twosome. It is a gruesome twosome because I've got a gruesome fingertip. I got bit by a dog, and that's not all. While I was being treated, I ran into an old friend in A and E, and that's my feature. That I was segueing seamlessly into that. Steve, I don't want to be the only person who sees your gruesome finger, so can you incorporate it or send me a picture of it so I can incorporate it into the art for this week's episode? I'm going to sp- spur them the details, because it, it is a gory scene. In that case, post it in the Discord so that those morbid bastards can see it. I'll make the yeah, the art for this episode the dog. Nice, so nice. So if you see it, kick its fucking head in. No, don't do that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a nice dog. It's uh, a lovely uh, dog. I'm just. I'm just going to move quickly onto my feet, just to stop you having fantasies of abuse. Um, I've heard that someone's left a cake out in the rain. I'm going to get to the bottom of who did it. Features. Regular features. Come on. How have you been? How have I been? Well, let me tell you, Log. <laughs> like, well, let me know. Let me I know. Got, I got, you know the news story, um, Man Bites Dog. Well, it got turned on its head because dog bit man, and man is me. That's my pronouns. <laughs> dog and me. This is news, Steve. 48-page supplement. Yeah, it was very unpleasant. How did, Well, if your friend's dog, I'm, I'm assuming you've... Slapped them with a, a libel writ. The dog has been humanely destroyed. Mm. And I've sent them the bill. <laughs> no, the dog dog was just frightened of another dog and tried mm. to mildly murder the other dog. And in my attempts to prevent the disastrous destruction of two dogs, I got involved and said, Stop it! Stop it! You two! No! In your biggest voice. <laughs> Quite enough of that. What did the, the dog do? The victim dog, which I'm calling the other dog, do to the evil dog, which I'm calling the dog that you're in charge of. (laughs) What did the victim dog do to scare the evil dog? Uh, Existed inside an elevator. And elevators are already a confusing situation for dogs, I feel. Yes. Transportation (laughs) devices. It's basically teleportation to them. It is, like that episode of Fraggle Rock where Uncle Travelling Matt Encountered an elevator, and it was very much the same thing. <laughs> My dog saw this dog in the elevator as the doors opened. <laughs> we, we don't know. We've got to kill him now before he changes into something evil. <laughs> and uh, just yeah, just lunged for it, and uh, yeah, I, I jumped in. I don't know how long, like time slowed down. It was bullet. It's like Max Payne, except instead of jumping through a John Woo style. New York subway station. You came out with dual wielding dogs. <laughs> just holding both dogs by their scruffs. Dogs akimbo, kimbo, baby. <laughs> Sliding across the floor of a of a Clapton block of flats. Um, and yeah, she just d- did that thing that dogs tend to do, where they uh, just like clamp down, and like she just bit onto this onto this dog luckily uh she'd bitten onto the other dog's collar didn't manage to get any flesh or anything like that. so the other, both dogs were fine they're both happy dogs uh in the end i just came away with a a, a mildly mauled fingertip and i've i've had the bandage taken off today any blood? and he uh, well it's one of those injuries where at the time it looked horrific it looked like oh this is a life-changing fingertip injury great <laughs> <laughs> the last time i ever had 10 beautiful fingertips i'll now, never blithely drum my fingers again <laughs> i'll always be aware of it <laughs> uh but yeah now that now that the bandage is off and the, the the wound is healing a bit it's it's looking a lot better the the fingernail is totally destroyed what show me to the camera i want to oh jesus yeah. A dog shattered your fingernail in half on the horizontal axis. <laughs> I don't know which axis is worst. I mean, obviously vertical would be awful because that would be it would open like a hatch and your finger would fly out. Oh yeah. <laughs> a tiny Apollo moon lander would come out. <laughs> no, yeah, it's um yeah, it's it's shattered in like three different places. So the The nail is going to like fall off at some point, which is the the most horrific part of it. Is that you've got that to come, Steve? Yeah, it's like having a loose tooth. It's it's going to come out. I'm gonna like be putting my jacket on and putting my arm through my sleeve at some point. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna snag and it's gonna (laughs) come out the other end. (laughs) There's gonna be no fingernail on there. It's it's that nasty, nasty business. Well, congratulations to you for not doing what I'd be doing right now, which is tugging it and tugging it. taking a little toothpick and trying to jemmy it out oh, up off the, the nail bed well because it was a nail bed. Uh, no I can't no I'm, I'm not gonna go into anything no, Do it, it is Do it. Don't, don't <laughs> it is horrific to talk about and people it is something people are very squeamish about oh yeah I'm the reason I'm so excited is because I'm feeling sick and I <laughs> <laughs> the um the uh, nurse at the hospital was putting on a uh, dressing dressing the wound uh that was v- that was very unpleasant they they basically get what is he he described it as like rolling a condom on onto my finger uh it's like a round like an he unfurls. i think he was coming onto you steve <laughs> <laughs> we did he did because then he told me about um a time he was doing the same procedure on someone but they had their back facing to the door, and he was sitting down. And then he did the same thing, and he mimed putting a condom on my penis. Oh. And, and I was uh, like, okay, this is... How you did you know bitten. he was miming it on your penis? Was he had? Did he have his hand directly by your cock? Well, yes, because the anecdote was that someone oh. else walked past the door and thought that he was dressing someone's penis. Oh. In gauze, not in a little top hat. <laughs> and he's making a little sing. Come on, my baby. <laughs> not on the NHS. You've got to go to Booper for that. I went to, I I got the wound redressed at uh, my GP, and she wasn't as proficient at putting on wound, gauze, woozy dressing as my original doctor was. You should have just said, Imagine it's a condom, love. Well, that's what I said. (laughs) No, you didn't. That's not right. (laughs) I wasn't thinking. I was like, Oh, because she was really struggling. She didn't know how to do it. And I said, Oh, um, the other nurse. Uh, said it was like putting on a condom. And she looked at me and said, well, oh, I wouldn't know anything about that. And I felt really embarrassed. And then later on, I thought, maybe you should know something about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like basic medical education. It's not, it's not, not usually required in the field of duty it's... no i guess not but, but well then i'm freaking out of female nurse by repeating what a gay nurse who was who was coming on to you said to you uh but you'll never guess who i ran into in a and e uh, i know um anthony and cleopatra <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you can keep guessing while i bring up the doc three merchants of venice no <laughs> uh, it was actually my good friend um I don't know if you've heard of her. She moves in circles. <laughs> she, she spins around, has a nice time. Yeah. You know how bishops in chess move diagonally. <laughs> she moves in circles. She pivots on the spot, and she's happened to have the exact same injury that I have, and an experience that I had, almost as if, if I were to write down my experience as a as an essay, and halfway through decide that it had happened to her. This is how it would sound. Ciao to monde, it's me again. Hey, (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Ciao to monde, it's me again. Grape Salicious Bourdain, Northwest South London's Sheridan Smith, according to one (laughs) smash hits magazine subreddit Redditor. I am a simple woman, about four foot 17 inches on a good day. (laughs) I like to mind my own, my own business, keep things in the Bourdain family. Readers, I once saw a sick hedgehog by the side of the M2 and booted it into a hedge. Rather than making it my own business, <laughs> that's hedge business. The clue's in the name, hedgehog, not Grape Grapesilicious's pocket hog. <laughs> Speaking of pocket hogs, I'll tell you what's hogging my pocket right now. My swollen and bandaged finger. What got bitten by a dog? Not three days whence or hence. Whichever way that goes. A snarling bitch. Excuse my language. A growling cunt. Snapped, clamp down on my plumpest hand ham. And bit the ever-loving shit out of it. And that's not my words. That's the words of the Royal London hospital urgent treatment center whose other words were it's not that serious and yes you can leave now and (laughs) the doctor you saw on the way in isn't coming back I'm an advanced nurse practitioner and I'm telling you you can leave now and ma'am the advanced nurse practitioner is more than qualified to dress your minor wound and anyone in this hospital can ask you to leave and you're making a scene in front of this sepsis patient (laughs) Well, readers, as I was being given a VIP escort out of the grounds of the prestigious Royal London Hospital, I couldn't help but notice that the waiting room was jam-rammed with some of London's hottest and sickest tickets in town. As you know, I'm the model of discretion, but let's just say yours truly was not the only wounded star on the green carpet that night. (laughs) my good friend, the BAFTA award-winning Oscar nominee Paul Mescal, had his head stuck in a fishbowl because he was trying to climb into the tiny plastic castle that the goldfish lives in. When that boy's not reading off an emotionally wrought A24 script, he's what doctors call a medical Irish imbecile. But you didn't hear that from me. (laughs) Speaking of my good pal, Frances McDormand, well, she got lodged in a pipe, don't you know? The Academy Award-winning star of Fargo and the one I didn't watch about a bunch of billboards and now a new one about women who can talk had sprinted into an open drain chasing a tennis ball and couldn't get out again. Nothing a bit of WD-40 couldn't fix, but McDormand's reputation as one of America's leading acting talents who doesn't get stuck in pipes is dead in the water. Anyway, I've spilled enough beans for one evening. I'm going to sneak around the back of the Royal London Hospital to find out where they keep the Elephant Man's skeleton. Then I'm going to prop him up in a go-kart and race him round Whitechapel as part of my daring new performance art exhibition. It's called Joseph Merrick's Day Off, and I've hired... <laughs> and, I've... and I've hired the woman who smashed up that Jeff Coon dog last week to crash into the joyriding skeleton with her Range Rover. Then a pair of actors dressed as the Cray Twins will collect the shattered limbs of the deformed Victorian curiosity and try to piece them back together while crying. I've already given too much away. You really know how to squeeze me for the filthiest juice, don't you, (laughs) you thirsty little readers? I'll see you at the bone party. Ciao! Oh, yeah. Wow, she was there too. Amazing. Amazing. Made quite the scene. But I'd, I'd have let her go first, to be honest. <laughs> uh, she demanded that she go first. Yeah, you have reminded me. That I did have a little bit of a medical scare this week, though, Steve. Because I started getting uh, little dots on my hand. I don't know if you can see them there. They're, they're kind of going away now. Oh, like oh, little freckles. Talking, yeah, little, little, little pinpricks, little raised bumps. And I've, start, I've been scratching a lot on my, my sort of hands and forearms it's sort of like scratching away with in a way that doesn't feel healthy and there was a point at which i thought oh god in the weeks leading up to my dad's death he was really itching on his hands and forearms a bit and i started thinking oh no <laughs> he's getting his fucking revenge I'm, I'm gonna die in a bit um and then i just washed my coat <laughs> and it's just us wearing a dirty coat you're wearing your dad's coat that is infested with fleas yeah why why would i wash that i can still smell him on it (laughs) and there's there's nothing nice than big daddy smells (laughs) no that's not the case basically wearing a dirty coat will make you feel like you're dying but um in fact you've just got a build-up of salt sweat and forearm crystals scratching the shit out of your fists your mucky coat caused a skin inflammation Yes. It's it's one. It's a coat that you put on, and it's lovely and warm. Oh, one then, of those coats that you put on. Yes, and then it's warm. Do you know those? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of them. But after about two hours of walking in them, you begin to notice that the, the fabric on the inside is sticking to your forearm. So you Ooh. take it off, and then you hold it above your head, so it's like two wind socks, and that dries it. Then you put it back on again. So what I was doing was probably just creating layer after layer of abrasive salts I'm imagining on the inside of in my coat. Salts coarser than most. I imagine it's quite sooty in Nottingham because of the silk industry. Yes, <laughs> there a lot. All the worms do puff out one last gasp of smoke <laughs> as you crush them under your boot. Pure nitrogen dioxide. <laughs> yes, nitrogen dioxide, Steve. Yes. Did you Did you get your coat dry cleaned? No, I put it. I checked the label on it, and it is um okay at 30 degrees so i put it in and then because the sleeves weren't drying because it's why would they dry it's an enclosed space it would just make the everything wet around it so i put on a jumper and then walked around the house wearing a jumper on my coat and i don't know why i felt like i had to walk around the house quickly to help it cool down but i did that what well, you wore the... and basically just used i used a jumper to dry the inside of my coat okay so now that now the jumper's wet burn that it's a faultless system. Yeah, anyway, I'm not dying, so you'll be glad to hear. That is good. I'm glad that you're not dying. Did your dad really die of a, of an itchy hand? Well, he, he was just scratching himself a lot. It wasn't like he scratched himself to death, but I think there was a, an element of organ failure that manifested in the human body's largest organ, which is the skin. Oh, he scratched himself until death. <laughs> what is the body's largest organ? The eye. <laughs> <laughs> Big eyes. The heart look. yeah. this is when you love as much as I do. It's as big as a tennis court when you stretch it out. (laughs) Which you must every week. Just as routine maintenance. I'm sad that I'm happy. I'm small but I'm doing fine. I'm lost but I'm hopeful, yeah. I'm green but I'm see-through. I'm wet, but I'm somehow dry, I shake when I wobble, baby, and what it all comes down to is that all a jelly boy can do is jiggle and spin, cause I got no skin or muscle, and my bones are made out of gelatin. Hey, Steve! Steve! Yeah? Huh? Do you like music? Yeah. I like music too. Do you know what I like most about music? Uh, the chorus? It's the lyrics! Oh, the lyrics. The lyrics. Yeah. I mean, ask me what key it's in, I don't care. Ask me if it's an interesting time signature, there's no such thing. All time signatures are boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's either boop, 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 or, or da da-da Don, or Big Ben. Yeah. 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 That's the one one time signature of Big Ben. <laughs> one one is such a Big Ben signature. <laughs> yeah, <that is> it. <laughs> it suits Big Ben to, down to the bell to have a one-one time signature. So unsophisticated. The, <laughs> the ultimate. It reckons it's the ultimate time signature. It just no. No Big Ben. <laughs> The Log, I hear you asking, don't you even like notes? No! Notes are weird and just serve to distract from perfectly good lyrics like I'm all the women and where in the world is Cotton Eyed Joe? Sometimes lyrics are obvious, like when Rage Against the Machine said, fuck off, I'm not doing that! Or sometimes they are stranger and more poetic, like when Prince sang about purple (laughs) derples. But my favourite lyric is one that I'm sure a lot of our readers love dearly too. It is the Jimmy Webb penned classic, MacArthur Park. It has been sung by Richard Harris, Donna Summer, and me just minutes before making this podcast, before talking to you, Steve. It is a song about cake in the rain, and it goes a little something like this. It's a famously very short song, so I'm just going to play you the whole thing, Steve. Oh, yeah. took so long to bake it and I'll never have the recipe again <laughs> it was uh, a it's a, a weird ending yeah some, some people a say classic. that classic it somehow undermines the heart <laughs> moments of the song oh you had fun with that one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, did you, uh, did you know about those lyrics that there was... Um, this is an aside. Did you About those lyrics, there was an interview with them where he actually had to explain to the interviewer that the lyrics about the cake was actually meant to be a metaphor about a, a relationship. It's the, the most obvious metaphor I've ever heard. And, like, some interviewer said, what's the cake all about, Jimmy? Oh God. I mean, you don't need to know that it's specifically a metaphor about... I mean... It's clearly a metaphor for something because no one would sing such sad, sad song about a cake getting wet. <laughs> it's got to it's got to mean something else. Yeah, it's just you imagine, being the journalist who the a music journalist who went up to Meatloaf and said, so What is it you won't do for love, Meatloaf? <laughs> humiliating thing. So does the bat live in hell? Is he <laughs> just, just is going it, out for a walk or a flat? It, is, coming back or is he going out <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the, what is it Just just take the beret to the shops and just fill it with raspberries <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it I just don't get it <laughs> it's so stupid it's just a shopping bag prince <laughs> Anyway, anyway metaphors are all very well and good but one thing I need to know is who left that cake out in the rain oh um, yeah Sorry, yeah, I'd never considered there is a there is a crime involved. Yeah, I mean, this is a who done it. Jimmy Webb's lack of curiosity to this matter enrages me, especially, and his use of what is amounts to the passive voice. I think something is afoot. So, what I took it upon myself to go around and ask everyone in Macarthur Park that night to confess, and to my surprise, they all did. It's like Murder on the Orient Express. <laughs> they all left it out. Yeah, it's weird because you know how Who Done It is. Usually, they all deny it. I fucked up the format. And they all confess, <laughs> and none of them did it. <laughs> Not to spoil my own feature, but it doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, go ahead. But the cake did get left out in the rain. The cake so- did. That's the that is the fact that did happen. Yeah. But first I asked Jimmy, Jimmy Webb's brother, and he said this. I'm Jimmy's brother, and Jimmy was always using that cake as a goddamn metaphor for his hot relationship with that Susie Horton girl. Ooh, my cake is so fulfilling and sweet, he'd say. Ooh, it took so long to bake it, he'd say. But was it? But it was worth it, don't you think? I do. I can't believe how moist and fuckable my cake is. Then he'd go quiet and stare witheringly at my cake. Your cake's like a dog shit on an eggy biscuit. I don't know, maybe that's what you like. But me, and he'd point to his own cake with a wand at this point, I like a cake that's got great big tits. (laughs) (laughs) He needed taking down a peg or two, and what better way than to leave his beloved cake out in the rain? Try fucking a clump of mush, Jimmy. Try moulding that into a soggy pocket for your winkle. I did it, and I'd do it again. Me, Jimmy's brother. Hmm. Put that one in our back pocket. Yeah, that put that in the um, one of the six chambers of a revolver because that's how many of these. Are. <laughs> sounds like you've been watching Poker Face. What? I have not. Maybe I want to watch it now. If it sounds like me, it sounds brilliant. Natasha Leon, is that her name? Natasha. Oh right, the um, the Russian doll girl. Yeah, the, the Russian doll girl. Uh, yeah, it's basically her doing Columbo. Oh, I'm into that. M- like a murder of the week kind of thing. And she, uh, she basically every week there's a cake that's left out in the rain and there's a cool, like quirky character like a guy who'd done it or a girl. Nice. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's actually, quite progressive. <laughs> the next person I asked was Bennett Harrison, the insurance guy. My name's Bennett Harrison. I work in an infurge. <laughs> that's not the voice I'm doing. My name's Barrett Harrison. I work at an insurance firm on the southern edge of MacArthur Park. I hadn't sold a single cake insurance policy in weeks, and I figured a high-profile case of a cake getting left out of the rain would focus people's minds, you know. Cakes can and do get wet, and I think people forget that. So when I looked out of my window and saw Jimmy Wagg in MacArthur Park with a really big cake, I seized the chance. Knowing Jimmy was so desperate for metaphors for his terrible songs, he'd probably have put it in fucking... His latest hit or something. So yeah, I did it, and I'm a cake insurance billionaire now. So fuck you. <laughs> That's such a that is such a good trope. The uh, <laughs> it's a Scooby Doo style, like driving up the the property prices or down, driving down the property prices by having a ghost. You drive up your cake insurance policy prices by by making people scared of their cakes. Highly visible left out. cases of uh, wet cakes. And that's it. And that's why Jimmy Webb wrote that someone left the cake out in the rain. Who is that someone in your life? Everyone's got a someone who'll leave their cake out in the rain. It's normally a family member. That's why you need insurance. The next person I asked was Jimmy's mother. I'm Jimmy Webb's mother, and that was my cake. You'll notice the lyrics aren't someone left my cake out in the rain. That's because it wasn't Jimmy's cake, it was my cake. And Jimmy had no business coming around into my house, gliding into my cake larder like a spooky nun, and yoinking out my best cakes for a jolly in the park with that no-good skank Susie Horton. Between you and me, it wasn't even raining. I just went around with a watering can full of hot, fizzy mum piss and sprinkled my tinkles... (laughs) When he got home, he said it had the idea for a song, and I was fucking furious. I wanted that fucking scroat to eat my fizzy pink mumpus to teach him a Lebson, a Webb family lesson <laughs> about not stealing <laughs> cakes from my larder like a spooky nun. And 10 years later, Donna fucking Summers is singing about that fucking cake. Needless to say, I emailed Donna Summers with real stories, and that's why she wrote, I feel love about me. But I'm the one who did it, Jimmy's mother. I did it. I left the cake out in the vein. <laughs> they're all just volunteer, voluntarily <laughs> telling you. And they're really enthusiastic about yeah. it. it re- I really have fucked up the format. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Joker, but for cakes. You know how the Joker just wants to watch the world burn? Well, I'm like that, but with cakes getting wet. It is my solemn belief that every man is just one bad day away from pushing a hostess trolley outside, lifting the glass dome from off the top of a cake and just laughing and laughing and laughing as it begins to rain. I am simply snooker noopy nuts because of a bad day I had. And I did it. I left the rain- cake out in the rain. <laughs> Old school Joker. I love it. Yeah. yeah. One bad day. The whole killing joke Joker. Did he pump pink gas all over you? As he left as well. Yeah, he grabbed the penguin's umbrella and wrapped me on the noggin with it. Good correction. The penguin pumped out pink gas. I think they all had a go with it. Yeah, they all had a go on the pink gas. (laughs) I am Hector Mantelpiece, and the recipe to which that cake was made was found by me in an Aztec temple. I made two cakes before destroying that recipe and gifted one to my wife, who, driven mad by the cake's deliciousness, proceeded to leave me. Then she started boinking that disgusting man, Jimmy Webb. They'd put the cake on a skateboard and take it to walks around MacArthur Park, which is a horrible park and not sure appropriate for Aztec cakes. Of course, I was jealous, but that wasn't my real motive. I was trying to sell slices of cake for a million pounds, and people would say, ''Oh, I would pay you a million pounds for your cake, but Jimmy Webb and his hot new girlfriend are giving out cake for free in MacArthur Park!'' I figured with that cake out of the question, my cake would sell for upwards of $2 million a slice. So I did it. I left the cake out in the rain, and now I've got a cake. I've got the only cake in existence. And fuck it, you can all suck my cock. I don't regret it at all. This is not as good as I thought <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. It's like Knives Out. It's great. <laughs> Wait till you get to his ex-girlfriend, who I ask next. I'm Jimmy Webb's ex-girlfriend, Susie Horton. I left the cake out in the rain because I saw a wasp fly onto it. I kept looking at the cake, hoping to see the wasp fly off, but I never did see the wasp fly off the cake. Can wasps burrow into a cake? I don't know. So I googled, can wasps burrow into a cake in quote marks, but there were no results. So I took the quote marks out, (laughs) and I found a website about the Japanese tradition of raising and eating wasps, which only made me worry even more about accidentally eating a wasp. So I thought to myself, Wasps must hate getting wet because they don't have towels in that size. So I thought to myself again, I should leave the cake out in the rain maybe. So I did. And then when I went back at midnight to check the cake mush for wasps, you'll never believe it. There wasn't a wasp. I had got the cake all rainy for nothing. I picked up two fistfuls of cake slurry and screamed no at the sky because of what I have done that was so bad with the cake. I'm very sorry, Jimmy Webb. Please, will you go out with me again? For me, your hot cake metaphor girlfriend, Susie Horton, I did it, and I am sorry, unlike the others <laughs> <laughs> that is a new take. <laughs> that is a, that is a twist yeah, is a- <laughs> the other ones were unapologetic, <laughs> and the last person I asked was an evil cake that was nearby. I'm an evil cake on wheels. I do big skids and I am rude to plates. I left that cake out in the rain because I am jealous of how long it took to bake it. The truth is, I know my behavior is wrong, but I cannot bring myself to ask for help to break the cycle because I am too proud and was brought up in a house where being emotionally open was punished. Lol, psych, I'm just evil, actually. I just made you feel sympathy for an evil cake. What are you, gay? And at that... The cake on wheels speeds away doing a really loud skid and laughing. After a moment, you hear the distant sound of an evil cake sobbing because he is lonely and doesn't know how to change. And a a clap of thunder and rain starts to fall. Oh, he gets struck by lightning. (laughs) Struck by lightning. (laughs) Someone left the cake out in a thunderstorm. It got hit by lightning. And I don't know how to take it because because it's all over everyone now. <laughs> he said the evil cake was jealous of how long it took to bake the the cake of fame. Yeah, I don't think it takes as long to bake evil cakes. Perhaps that's what makes them evil. Just slam them in the oven for 30 seconds. <laughs> Is it a point of pride for cakes that they the, the longer you, they take to bake? Is it like a prestige i think certainly in terms of the lyrics of macarthur park i think a cake that took so long to bake makes it less easy to take when the cake is left out in the rain <laughs> well, yeah i really thought something was going to happen with a rake then <laughs> yeah it's weird he says it took so long to like the baking is the easiest bit of the cake because you just put it yes. you put it in and wait i mean if you are baking a cake for that long and the the it is a metaphor for a relationship. There's a point at which you have to get the relationship out of the oven and start eating it. Yeah. And what's that? <clears throat> That's when you get married, I guess. That's what wedding cakes are. Shit, of course, it makes sense again. And when when the last crumb of cake is at, one of you dies, but no one knows which. That's where they keep the last slice of wedding cake in the freezer. A, a Webb family tradition. So, um... Do you want to know the truth, though? Do you want to know what really happened, Steve? Yes, because as I said, the cake did get left out in the rain and we have so many prime suspects. Well, let's ask the cake itself, shall we? I am the very cake in question. I had been with Jimmy Webb and his girlfriend for the duration of their relationship. When they'd have guests around, Jimmy would tell everyone how long it took to bake me, then look at his girlfriend as though to say, I'd like to see you bake a cake for that long. Sometimes he'd put a bit of extra icing on one of my tears, which felt nice. But while he was doing it, he'd say, doesn't she put icing on you? Sometimes I think I'm the only person in this relationship putting effort into this cake. I began to realise that Jimmy was weaponizing me, me, an innocent cake. One rough night, he came home drunk and had a slice of me aggressively saying, is this what you want? You want me to eat the cake and turn it into shit like everything else? <laughs> <laughs> then he'd come crawling downstairs in the night make a tiny little cake and patch me up with it, reapplying the icing and apologizing, saying that it wasn't his fault, that he only got angry and ate me because he loves me so much. You'd have to make a full-size cake and take a slice out of it and put it back in. You can't make a tiny cake to fill in the slice you took. Speaking from my perspective, I just believe the cake, Steve. <laughs> That's... Okay. How did you make that? Make me look bad from that? <laughs> That fateful day of the rain. Jimmy and Susie were having a good day, I thought. They decided to take me out to the park. MacArthur Park, I think it was. Yes. I remember seeing the sign from the periscope that was baked into my top tier. <laughs> MacArthur Park. Just, Jimmy it was telling have everyone eyes. baking a periscope in let it see <laughs> it's simple cake logic. Jimmy was telling everyone how long it took to bake me, again, <laughs> and suddenly, a big Godzilla appeared. Jimmy shouted, wow, a Godzilla, this will make an excellent metaphor for my new song about how my girlfriend is a massive, destructive bitch, and he ran off to observe it. Susie, who'd heard what Jimmy said, because he'd shouted it like six inches away from her face, ran off crying, and as the first tear fell from her face, it began to rain. She wept and wept until I was as soggy as shit and big clumps of cake slid off the table and got eaten by crows. Eventually, Jimmy came back because, after all, the Godzilla was just a giraffe. And when he saw me, he put his hands on his hips and he said, Well, it looks like someone left the cake out in the rain, Susie. (laughs) But as far as I could see from my 360-degree cake periscope, it was Jimmy Webb himself what did it. He's such a piece of shit. I'm surprised the lyrics to that song weren't. Well, cakes were left out in the rain, but frankly, I think it's ghoulish of you to use this as an opportunity for point scoring. (laughs) And then he got Richard Harris to sing it. What's the matter, Jimmy? Too ashamed to sing your own lyrics? Well, speaking as one wet fucking cake, fuck you, Jimmy, I'm the cake and I'm hashtag Team Susie. Join me. that's 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 that mystery solved. I'd like you to join. I'd like, like you to join me next week when I ask Desiree what she puts on the toast that she sees instead of eating ghosts. <laughs> eating ghosts. Oh shit! I said that wrong. Never Eat mind. Eat the ghost. Eat the ghost. Love it. Yeah. Ghosts on toast. <laughs> it is the sight that she fears most. Pay some coins for some features, and you get a B name, and you get a B name. Whoa Toss some coins for some features, and you get to be nice. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features podcast. If you like the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and help us out by donating an amount of your choosing per episode. And if you can spare two pounds an episode, we will Mm. reward you. Dual wise, you will get access to the Beehive, which is our patron exclusive Discord channel. We'll also do something terrible. We'll take your human name, destroy it, and give you a bee name by which you must go for the rest of your bee life. About two years, actually, I think is the lifespan of a bee. After which you will fly into the mouth of the human that you will then become again. <laughs> I don't know. That's a new bit of bee law there. Log. Could you please give a B name to the following new patrons? The B burden weighs heavy. Let's both of us think of a B name. In fact, we'll we'll switch and swap. Steve, can you give me a B name, please, for Andy Rock Ross? Andy Rock Ross. Andy Rock Ross. Ross. Bee on a hot tin roof. Yes! Log? Can I please have a B name for Evan Johnson? Be poise, be style, be elegance. Oh. Be with me tonight. I like how that went at the end. <laughs> I like the sound of him. Woof. Steve. Can you give me a B name, please? For the delightful Nick Splendor. And this is someone I like. I like oh, Nick. Co- Nick. Nick, 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 Nick. <laughs> yes. Love you, of Nick. Of course it is. Nick did a podcast called Your Two Show, which is a genuinely listenable <laughs> podcast about Sonic the Hedgehog. It's um, It was great. Anyway, Nick, glad to see you in there, mate. But it's Steve giving you the B-name tonight. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. You're going to get a goddamn good B-name. And I'll tell you what it is. It is Gotta Go Sting. <laughs> like the Sonic thing you mentioned. Yes. Gotta Go Sting. <laughs> and the best thing about that is it rhymes with slow. Do, do, do you think Sonic's catchphrase is Gotta Go Slow? <laughs> Well, maybe I'm just so fast that he can't keep up. Log, could I please have a B-name for Alistair Hawks? Would it seem crass to say that he comes in the pub Is he another one? Yeah, he's another one. He's another real-life person whom I love. I love it. Basically, our entire readership is made up of your punters from the pub. And that's great. Oh, Nick lives over in bloody America. I just like chatting to people. (laughs) Um... Alley Hawks. They're all Hawks. Um, You get Ospreys, don't you? (laughs) You do get Ospreys. You do. If you don't wash. They'll be right in your pits. Tony Hawks. Bony Dorks. 360 Nolly Nose Flip? 360 Nolly Nose Flip. (laughs) On a skateboard one inch long. (laughs) 360 Nolly Nose Flip on a skateboard one inch long. Please give a bee name to Jason Parker. Bark like a bee. Bark like a bee. Steve, would you please give me a bee name now here for Oliver Brummel? Hmm. There's Bo Brummel, there's B Bo. Brunel. Did the tunnels. Brunel tunnels. Brummel tunnels. <laughs> Brummel tunnel arthropod. <laughs> Brummel tunnel arthropod. Is is a bee an arthropod? Oh, arthropod just means many legs, doesn't it? Well, well look, I don't know if, if you've looked at a bee lately. <laughs> <laughs> there's many, many. But they've got... Leg upon leg. <laughs> they've got at least ten legs. Six, probably eight, probably twelve. What's an arthropod? What's not? What's an arthropod? Team friends, because when you first asked with me, I'm thinking like sand-speed millipedes. But look it up. Uh, what does Google say? No, I'll only hear from Chat GPT these days. Ask Chat GPT what is an arthropod. I'm not logged in to bloody Chat GPT right now. Superfamily Apoidia. suborder Apocrita, a weird unranked one, Eulichalasida. Oh, Eulacastus, yeah, I know those ones. Order Hymenoptera Class Insecta Phylum Arthropoda They're an arthropod, Steve! Fucking hell, so what was it? Brummel Tunnel Arthropod Or whatever I said before. Oh yeah, this is home this is to a whole new world of fucking things. Because <laughs> apparently they, they belong to the <laughs> kingdom of Animalia as well, so we can get some shit out of that. And Whoa! <laughs> That's us! That's us! <laughs> us and bees! <laughs> I don't think you need a class called Animalia. It's like, we get it. Yeah. It's not a rock. <laughs> There's just one higher than that that's just stuff. Yeah. Things. Tree. Trees and... what is there a class above Animalia? Because trees, right? Trees are a thing. I don't know what domain is, but above that, it's just life itself. Oh. Uh, wow. Which is um, the song by Desri where she says she doesn't <laughs> want to see a ghost. He <laughs> brought it back. <laughs> Very good podcasting <laughs> uh, speaking of podcasting be, 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 be. that's it we're done that's uh, take it away. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the regulars podcast. To- it's gonna be a very special one because uh, I believe we we're going to have the boys back from their magic convention, and they're going to have some fun things to share with us. They are going to, yeah, report back from the wizards. A couple of new tricks for these old dogs, let's say. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Good night.